Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. Um, so, hey, one of the my favorite things to do as a dad is actually driving my kids to school. You probably thought I was going to say going to Disney, going to the beach. No, going to school. And when they were little, the main reason is because I would be able to strap them in. So if you have little kids and you want to have a good time with them, Josue, you're right here. Tie him up and go for a ride. And so I would put the kids in the car. We'd go for rides when Leilani was working on the weekends and stuff like that. And now that they're older, I still enjoy my drives with them, especially when I'm driving them to school. Because these are moments when it's just me and them. We pray, we laugh, we give, say jokes. We, we talk about memes that we saw the night before because now the kids are older. They got phones, they got social media. Um, but hey, these moments, I, I cherish them. I cherish them. Uh, I, I give them advice, like fatherly advice about being wise and, and, uh, and picking the right friends. I mean, if you ask my kids, what does your dad tell you every day? Make wise choices, hang around with wise people, right? And I tell them this almost every single day because it's so important. The decisions that we make as, as young kids, as, uh, that they're making as, as young kids, it's shaping who they're going to be one day in their life. And, and so Caleb is 15, Joshua is 14, and they're in a middle high, like not too far from our house. And so I drop them off at 7.30, and then I have an hour alone with Stella. And uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I've really, as a father, I, I've really connected so much with Stella these last couple years, driving her to school, seeing her develop her personality. There's even some days that we have extra time, and I go with her to Starbucks. And I remember the first time that I heard her order her coffee, right? And it's a normal thing at Starbucks, but you know, it's an art form. And, and she's like, I'll have a grande double chocolate chip frappuccino with extra whipped cream. And I just thought it was the cutest thing to hear her say that. And, and she still orders that. Now she adds a ham and cheese croissant uh, uh, to the order. And we get back in the car and she's having breakfast and drinking her coffee. And, and we're just talking and laughing. I hold her hand, or her beautiful hand. I actually noticed um, uh, uh, last week how much her hand has grown. Because I remember that at first it was kind of like this. And now she's able to hold my hand completely. And, and it's just beautiful. And so a couple days ago, I dropped her off at school. We had gone to Starbucks. And I had a real important meeting that was going to last several hours with a lunch in downtown Miami. And, and so I drop her off and I rush. I rush to my meeting. And, and then I had to pick the kids up from school. So now I'm rushing back to Miami Lakes to pick up the kids from school. And uh, they get in the car. And, and the next morning, it's the same thing. I'm driving them to school. But this morning was different. As soon as we got in the car, there was this little bit of a smell, and, and it, it smelled kind of uh, bad, and uh, my first uh, thought was, hey, maybe it's one of the boys, because you know, boys can be stinky sometimes, but then we dropped the boys off in school, and, and the car still smelled, <coughs> and, uh, and so Stella and I, we couldn't figure it out. I'm like, look around. Do you see anything that smells? And couldn't see it, and, and so I go out on my day. I go to work, and I'm driving home, and the smell's still there, but it's worse. The next morning, it's still there, but it's worse. At this point, I'm giving up. I can't find it. I've looked everywhere in my truck. I don't see the smell. Um, and now we're going on like five days. It's smelling really bad. Kids don't even want to go to school anymore with me. And, uh, and so I say, hey, when I pick you guys up from school today, we're going to find it. So we open the four doors of the car. We're looking. We can't find this thing. And guess what? As I'm getting ready to close the door, I see in the front seat where Stella was sitting a couple days ago with her 
double chocolate chip frappuccino with extra whipped cream. She left like this much in the cup. She stuck it in the door in this little, I didn't even know that compartment was there. And, uh, and, and that's what was smelling up the carpet. We didn't see it because every time we'd look, we'd open all the doors and look in the car. But this unseen thing was just ruining our day and just smelling so bad. See, we've all had moments like this in our life when we're looking for something and we don't see it, right? We, we, we're praying for something and God doesn't answer our prayers. And, and many times what happens is we give up. We give up like I did for a couple days just thinking, hey, this smell is going to go away. And it, it just started getting worse. Sometimes we lose hope when we don't see that things are changing in our life. Maybe it's a relationship, whatever it may be. Maybe you're thinking about that thing <clears throat> that's, that's giving you a tough time. Many times we quit because we want a quick result. We want God to act right now, or we want someone uh, that we have a relationship with, a boss, an employee. It's like, why are you taking so long? We want life to be easy, and there are moments in life when life is difficult. And so our outlook on everything, it's what's the easiest option? What's the easiest way to do this? And we want success, but we're not willing to put in the work. We're not willing to stick it out. We, we don't see the end and so we're like, oh, maybe God, this isn't what God wants for my life because yeah, I've been praying so long and, and why doesn't it happen? We see other people thriving and succeeding and we want what they got. Did you know this? That successful people are simply the people who have chosen to do what other people aren't willing to do. Successful people are the people that are willing to do what others are not willing to do. See, most of what gets done in the world the big things that are accomplished is by people who want to do things differently. People who are tired of just going through the motions and are ready to take risks. See, you can't be an Olympic athlete unless you spend extra hours exercising. I don't know if you guys have met Hector Martin. He, he just started leading worship with us at, at our church. I've known Hector since I was a teenager. And the other day I'm talking to Hector and his son's a gymnast. And uh, he's telling me, oh, my, my son does eight hours of gymnastics every day. And I'm like, but does your kid go to school? He's like, we had to decide if we really wanted this to be his career, something that he pursued, eventually maybe even compete at a national level, an international level, is that we as a family had to make sacrifices. And he had to spend eight hours or more in the gym practicing. He is willing to put in the work. And so when you're watching the Olympics on TV and you wonder, how do these people actually get on there? They put the work in, even when it doesn't make sense. Hey, you can't be a master musician or a great musician unless you spend extra hours practicing your instrument. I, I, I said a joke a couple Sundays ago that every time I see my brother-in-law Gable playing the guitar, I have a little bit of envy. I need to repent because he's so amazing. But what he has that I don't is that he's put thousands upon thousands of hours on his instrument to make himself what he is today, a great, great guitar player. You know what? <clears throat> the same thing comes with spirituality. The same thing comes with our relationship with God. If you want to become a godly person, you must practice the habits of spending time alone with God, reading the Bible. Hey, even with your finances, giving financially and supporting the ministry of God, the ministry of our church and other ministries, people doing great things to give sacrificially, sharing your faith. Hey, it's not enough to just be a Christian and go to church and go through the motions. 
We have to tell people about what Jesus has done in our life. Faith and persistence are the same thing. I'll say that again. Being faithful and being persistent is the same thing. Faith means that you don't give up even when you're tired. Even when, when you feel like, hey, this isn't worth it. I'm not going to give up. Hey, a couple moments ago, we were in this room, all five of us. The, the feed went down and a little part of me was just like, forget it. Let's just record it. Let's upload it. And hey, you know what? We were persistent and we're still trying. Hopefully you're watching this service. Hey, faith means that you don't give up. When you're living in faith means that you are persistent. You're not listening to the static. You're not listening to the noise. There's so much noise in our life right now. So many people like causing problems and, and, and trying to get in the way of, of our purpose. God has a purpose for your life. And you know what that means? If God has a purpose for your life, the devil's purpose is the complete opposite. It's to throw you off course, many times even distract you with good things. You have a calling in your life. There's something that God wants to do in and through you. And the devil's not going to come up to you with a pentagram and say, worship me. No, he's going to put a beautiful thing that you like, that your family likes and puts it in your way to distract you and pull you away from the calling of God in your life, from the impact that God wants to have through you, through your gifts, through your talents, through your resources. And so as you talk with God, say, God, what is it that I'm not seeing that you want me to do that the enemy is trying to derail me from? Many times we feel unsatisfied in our life and it is because we're not in our purpose. God has a purpose for you. Can you say that with me right now? God has a purpose for me. Look at the person next to you. Say, God has a purpose for me. You see, Moses was a great example of a life that lived faithful persistence. Moses was faithful and he was relentless. All right, Hebrews 11, 27 says this, it was by faith that Moses left Egypt and was not afraid of the king's anger. Moses continued strong as if he could see the God that no one can see. That's Hebrews 27. Moses pursued and lived life as if he could, he was serving the God that no one can see. He lived in Egypt. And everywhere you looked in Egypt, you could still look at ancient Egypt. People had their gods. They had the idols that they worshiped. Yet Moses chose to fix his eyes on the unseen. Imagine if our life would be like that. That the world could be falling apart. And we're like, you know what? I am trusting in the living God. I am going to keep my focus on what I cannot see. Just imagine Moses from his birth in, <coughs> was in impossible situations. I mean, they were killing all the babies and Moses was put in a basket and was rescued by the princess of Egypt. And then later on in life, God sends him to free his people that were slaves in Egypt. Moses without an army, Moses without any other types of resources. The only thing he had was the purpose of God in his life. He had the calling of God in his life. He was given an unseen goal and, and command, and he walked forward with perseverance. And then finally, after the plagues and all of that, he's marching. He's marching to take the children of God to the promised land. And now the Pharaoh is upset. He's sending all his chariots and, and warriors over uh, to interrupt, to get in the way of his purpose. 
And now it's just the children of Israel, Pharaoh and his army, and the Red Sea. And in the middle of that, God performs one of the greatest miracles in the Old Testament and parts the Red Sea and the children of Israel over, uh, they, they cross uh, the Red Sea. And then uh, uh, one of my favorite parts is, is when then the, the Pharaoh's chariots are now crossing. I, I could just imagine these Egyptians like seeing this wall of, of water and then the water collapses and, and takes over the entire army. Hey, you may see yourself in a place right now where you're like, I don't have the tools. I don't have the resources. I don't have the knowledge. And, and that doesn't keep God from doing a miracle. See, if you could do it, you wouldn't need the miracle. If you could do thing, life on your own, you would not need God. Maybe you're in a place right now like the children of Israel were in front of that Red Sea. All right. And I could just imagine, I know if I would have been there, I would have been like, oh, hey, Moisey, why, why'd you do this to me? Why, why'd you bring us here to die? And the children of Israel said that. Why did you bring us here to die? We want to be slaves again. We want to go back to Egypt. How many times have we gone through hardship in life and, and, and said, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the world. I'm going to go back to my addictions. I'm going to go back to my drinking, to my, my women. Uh, I'm going to go back to the nightlife. I'm gonna, because, because I'm a Christian now, I'm following Jesus and, and everything's going wrong. You're in front of the Red Sea and you're not allowing God to perform the biggest miracle of your life. Why? Because you don't see it. And Hey, maybe you saw the miracle and you're in the miracle and, you're, and you look back and you're like, Pharaoh's catching up to us. Pharaoh is crossing the Red Sea too. The miracle is not over. The work of God is not complete. God, however, God says he will be faithful to complete it. So trust in God. Hang on. Another part, and I'll end with the whole Moses little narrative right now. Hey, Moses was in the desert and some scholars believe with two million Jews. Okay, and there's no cantina, there's no Palacio de los Jugos, all right? So imagine, two million people and no food. I could tell you something, if Josue would have been there with Moses, he would be like he's always with me. Oye, necesito café, oye, I need some food. Josue is always hungry and always wants to drink something and do something. I mean, there was one Sunday where I was looking for Josue and he was in McDonald's, right? In the middle of service. So could you imagine, okay, the children of Israel in the middle of the desert, Two million of them, invisible, and God showed up and every single day fed them manna and took care of them and protected them. Guys, do not allow the work of God not to manifest in your life. Do not allow your lack of faith and your lack of seeing, right? Because I can't see it and we don't believe that God is working. And it's some, in some of our most difficult moments, and some of our hardest moments, God is working even when we don't see it. Moses realized this important truth is that you can only accomplish the impossible when you see the invisible. You can only accomplish the impossible when you see the invisible. God will give you the strength to persevere. See, right now, if you feel so tired that you want to give up, that is the perfect place to be for God to do a miracle in your life. Those mornings that you wake up and say, I feel terrible. 
I don't want to go to work. I don't want to talk to my husband. I don't want to see my kids. I don't want to see my boss. I just want to stay in bed with the covers over my head. That is the perfect place for God to begin working in your life and for you to begin believing the impossible and focusing on what you cannot see. He'll give you the power to keep working on that marriage that seems hopeless. He'll give you the power to pick yourself up when you have fallen down. He'll give you the power to keep going when you're, you're in a financial crisis. God will pull you out of that. He will give you the power to keep your convictions when all the pressure around you says to give in. Hey, I'm, I'm going to talk to the single people right now. You guys have convictions. You have convictions when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to your sexuality. And many times we give in to sin because we're like, oh man, I, I can't wait. And you're robbing yourself from, from, from the blessings of God. Blessings come through obedience. Make a decision today. Hey, I'm going to obey God when it comes to my relationships. I'm going to obey God when it comes to my finances, to my convictions, when it comes to my marriage, when it comes to me as an employer, a business owner. I'm going to put God first even when it doesn't make sense. The key to faith is persistence. Keep your eyes on God, not on your problem. All right? Keep your eyes on God. And hey, that's a real simple thing. I mean, put it on your phone, tweet it, write it on your fridge, put it at work, and tell people that. When people come to you with a problem, when people come to you stressed out, when your loved ones come to you, say, hey, keep your eyes on God, not the problem. Don't use this as a weapon to be self-righteous and to make someone feel stupid. No, say it from the bottom of your heart with love. Hey, let's keep our eyes on God. I, I, I understand, right? And something that, that frustrates me more than anything is when people use the word of God and the truth of God as a weapon. Don't use it as a weapon. Use it in love. So make sure when you're quoting scripture, when you're preaching at someone, that you're coming from a place of love. If you're going to use scripture angrily, use it against the devil, right? Tell him he's a liar. Tell him his future, that he's going to be in the lake of fire for eternity. Get mad with that. But when it comes to someone hurting, when it comes to your spouse, to your children, to coworkers, to a stranger, speak the word of God in love, even if they're wrong, even if they're an atheist, even if they don't believe what we believe, talk to them in love. If you ever see, read the scriptures, whenever Jesus was upset, he was upset at the people that were not doing the will of God. But when it came to the lepers, when it came to the sinners, when it came to the prostitutes, what did he do? He loved them. He loved them unconditionally. And so I, I, I put that into the message today because there's a lot of power, a lot of truth in this. And we could sometimes misinterpret this or misuse it when someone is weak in their faith. Like, don't say, well, put your faith in God. You know, uh, that happens to you because you don't have faith. That's not going to help. That's going to make someone feel bad. Oh, that's happening to you? Porque no tiene fe. Falta de fe. No, no. Say, hey, you know what? Let's pray. I know that it is hard. But together and with God's help, we will get through this. God's power to keep you going is always there. All you need to do is ask him for it. I want to read that verse um, in Hebrews once again. And I want you guys to really meditate on that this week. And it was this, Hebrews 11, 27. It was by faith that Moses left Egypt and was not afraid of the king's anger. Moses continued strong as if he could see that, he could see the God that no one could see. He was persistent and he was working out his purpose and serving the God that the people around him thought he was crazy was worshiping the unseen God. People actually called Moses God the unseen 
God. And so I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that God would do a work in your life, even in your most difficult moments. You could be going through a very difficult season in your life right now. And let me tell you, God is there. You may not feel it. You may not see it. You may feel abandoned. You are not abandoned. You are a child of God. You are precious in his sight. And he has a purpose in your life. And don't let the devil steal that from you. You will experience success in your life by being persistent. You will experience the favor of God in your life by being persistent. Hey, if people that don't know Jesus can be successful, how much more successful can we be? I remember thinking as a kid, man, wouldn't it be amazing if such and such famous person was a Christian? How much can they do for God? I remember praying for some of my idols. I remember praying for Michael Jordan, praying that he would get saved so that all my friends that didn't know Jesus would get saved because they worshiped this guy. And hey, you know what God was telling me? Worry about you. Fulfill your purpose. And I will put you in a place where many will come to know me if you trust in me. If you put your faith in me, God is saying the same thing to you today. He is going to put you in a place of favor, in a place of honor, in a place of influence if you put your trust in him. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you are good. I thank you that even in our darkest moments, you are there, ready, willing, and able to help us, God. Father, help our lack of faith. Help us to be persistent even when it doesn't feel good even when it doesn't make sense, even when we may feel like the world is against us, even when we may feel that our loved ones are against us, God. Thank you, Lord, because you are faithful. Give us strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the Word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.